Good morning. So today uh, we've been we're in the middle of this series on uh, clarity, and we're doing that because uh, there. Well, frankly, I just think we're all confused about so many things, right? And there's so many parts of our lives that it's difficult for us to kind of weed out what's true and what's not, or for us to have some kind of clear perception, to be able to gain some wisdom about how to approach different things in our life, whether it's some of the things that we've talked about, like uh, work or or romance and our sexuality, or whether um, it's things like the thing we're going to talk about today, what it means to be family together. Most of us are going through life, kicking our feet as hard as we can, just trying to keep our nose above the water and just survive one more day. Most of us are just trying to do the best we can to get through, to make it through one more day. And all these different places in our life, I mean, I really genuinely think that we're, just, we're really just trying to do the best we can. But sometimes we feel like We just can't keep kicking anymore. We feel like everything is closing in against us. And we just wish we could have that one secret, that one little tip that would help us be able to move through with some clarity. Family is a hard subject. So everything that we've done in this series, I get to it, I'm like, what am I going to do in one week, right? Okay, how are we going to do this in one week? Because for all these things, there's so much that we need to say and develop. And by the way, that's why we don't just depend on what happens in one particular sermon or something like that. It's, that'd be ludicrous. But instead, it's, uh, we explore these things as a part of our community living together, okay? And family is one of those things that we just need more and more and more wisdom about. And it's a thing that it's hard to get and to find some wisdom about because it is both very universal in, its, in our experience of it and very, very particular too. In other words, a family something we all got it somewhere. We all got a family. Okay, We all have different expressions of family in our lives. We have families of origin, and then we have the family that we kind of spend our lives in right now. For some of us, um, our family of origin uh, is going to, to look like, I guess, what, what people think of a typical one looks like. You know, two and a half kids, a dog, and a picket fence. All right? And then some of us are cat people. Okay? All right? And the real truth is, that no matter what our family might have looked like, whether we thought it was typical or not, all of us kind of think our families are weird. Because we know that what it looks like on the outside may not be the same as the way that we experience it on the inside. And for some of us, the weirdness and strangeness of our experience, of our particular family, is something that we delight in and that we, have, we feel is a treasure in our lives. I, I love my crazy, weird family, right? And for some of us, it's a source of deep hurt and trauma and struggle because our, our, families, our, fa- our experience of family has been painful. And 
Sometimes it's somewhere in the between there, right? It's the mix of some painful things and some very joyful things. It's, the, it's right in there in the, in the soup, man, where all the, the things that, are, that make us up as humans, the, the love and the grief, the joy and the triumph, and also the struggle and the failure, all of it's kind of mixed in together in our experience of family. And we all have that, but for all of us, the recipe's just a little bit different. And so all of our experiences of it are really particular. And that's why you can, in whatever kind of venue you go to for humor, whether it was a comedy club or whether it's a Facebook meme, people will always make jokes about family. It is the stuff of comedians, right? And there's so many things that we can say about families, and people will say, oh, that's so true, that is so the way it is. And then the next second over, when we talk to somebody else about what's going on in their family, we have the experience personally of saying, I don't, I don't think my family's like that. I don't think that's the way it is for us. And so it hits us in that place right between what's very universal to us all and what is very particular, the way that we experience it as individuals and, uh, and experience the strangeness of it ourselves. So it's hard for us to talk about because we're not sure where we're going to come up on that boundary of when I describe this is the way it was for me, we don't know if the person on the other side of that, if that's the way it was for them. And when we try to share wisdom with each other, we're always kind of wondering, is this good advice or is this good wisdom? Because it sounds like it might have been a good thing for you, but it might be bad advice for me. When Lily Bell came into the world. I think one of the things I said to Micah and Jenny is, look, you will get all kinds of crazy advice, right? Because people are like, oh, you got, a good, you got a new baby. Let me tell you how to parent. Like, back off for a second, right? Okay, this little child, Lily's going to be different than any. She's, she's the only one, she's the only Lily Bell we got, right? And she's going to be different. You guys are going to be different as parents. That's the way it is for all of us, right? Okay. But at the same time, there are some things, there's some wisdom that each of us kind of gets along the way. And when we find a little treasure, we find a little bit of wisdom that's been helpful to us, man, we want to share it. We want to be able to express that and share something about it with our friends who we know are going to go through uh, challenges of their own. So family is one of those places that we desperately need more clarity. Whether it's uh, what, how I as a disciple live as in my role right now as a, as a dad, or it's whether I'm still trying to figure out what it means for me as a 41-year-old man that lives a couple of hours away to be a good son. Or whether it's thinking about reflecting on the kind of memories that I have about my family when I was growing up. Or whether it's me looking into the future and thinking about what our, fam what our family is going to look like as it continues to change and the generations continue to roll on. I need more wisdom to know what it means to be a faithful disciple of Jesus in that place. It's where I live. I want to give you kind of a metaphor of thinking about family today, um, and I, I hope it'll be useful to you, because I think it's a metaphor that gives us more clarity about what our families are, you know, more or less meant to be, what they can be, and also where some of our struggle comes when they don't when they don't meet this idea. I think the family is given to us as a gift 
not just to kind of keep us alive and keep us from one day to the next. That's a good starting spot, okay? I think our families are meant, the family is a school of love. And the family, the people that you know better than anybody else and those people that know you better than anybody else, is that place where we learn to love. Now love is something that almost everybody wants to be really good at, but most of us struggle and we don't, it doesn't come to us as naturally as we may ideally uh, think that it does. When we think about all that goes into being a person of love, like being able to, uh, you know, be consistently kind to a person, but also being able to speak uh, a word of correction and, and hold our ground. Being able to uh, involve and engage ourselves with somebody else's life, but also being able to maintain some of those boundaries like Gary's class has been talking about uh, for the last couple of months. Being able to be a person who can speak the truth, uh, but who also knows how not to use the truth as a weapon to wound somebody else. Learn to love is a complicated art. And we are not really necessarily born with a manual on how to do it, and we don't come into it naturally. In fact, as we grow up, there are a lot of impulses and compulsions that we have as humans that aren't consistent with what it means to be a person of love. And it's in our families that I believe God intends for us to learn to have some discipline about some of those impulses and to be able to practice and move towards really loving people. And it's not that we don't want to be loving people, okay? In our best moments, we know that it's just that there's so many other pressures that push us away from being a people of love. And so the family is a place. I think it's a school of love. Because the, the people that are part of your family, they are going to test your nerves. They're going to test your patience. They're going to put challenges in front of you. And over and over again, you're going to be faced with that question of, am I able to, with these people who are, are share life with so intimately, am I able to move towards deeper and deeper love with them? Or am I going to move towards bitterness and resentment and anger, desire to control and manipulate. It's a challenge. And the family gives us that challenge every day, over and over and over again. Consistently giving us the challenge of, are you able to, can you, will you love these people? I want to say four things about that, okay? The first one is, we all have more to learn in the school of love. Because love is a complicated thing, and it is something that uh, presents us with challenges over and over again, we all are in the journey of needing to learn more about what it means for us to practice, the school, uh, practice love. And so our families give us that opportunity. And I'm not just speaking about children here, okay? Yeah, in a, in a way, it is, uh, these are things that we learn as we're growing up. But I'm going to tell you that as an adult who's in a different kind of role, in a different place in my family now, I am going through the school of love and every day, right? 
I used to do junior high youth ministry, and I thought of myself as a very patient person. And I have four kids now. And I still got stuff to learn, okay? I've got so much still to learn about what it means to be a person of love. And there are challenges that I face now that help me explore, really, when I, when I really think about it, they help me explore those places that I was deficient in my skill of loving that I wasn't even aware of. They were blind spots. In those places that I thought, man, yeah, I'm a person of love. I love to love, right? And then my family presents me with challenges sometimes. And I say, yeah, I, I do want to be a person that fully loves them. But I feel like I'm running out of attention and energy. I, I do want to be a person that loves them. But there are things in my life that frustrate me so much. And sometimes I, want to, I take that out on my family. I want to be a person that, um, that teaches them what it means to love God more than anything else. But... There are things that come into my life that want to take first place and that want to swallow up my priorities. And so in my quest to be a person that loves both God and my neighbor as fully as I can, my family often presents me with a question about where I am today, posing the question for me of where am I really in the journey of becoming a person of love? I've still got a lot to learn. How about you? I think that every single one of us, no matter where we are on this journey, I think all of us still have something to learn in the skill of loving. I'm grateful for some of the people in our church who have, uh, who have been a, f a couple more miles down the road of where I am. And I love the way we get to see some of our senior adults in this church loving each other. I'm proud of that. I'm grateful for that. But I know they know, too, that they're still learning in some ways, right? And I believe that we have some families in our church, some of our senior adults, that could give testimony to how the discipline of trying to be a person of love day after day after day after day, after loving that spouse, not just for Kelly and I hit 15 uh, years this last week, for some of the people in our church, they're like, that's chump change, son, okay? They've been practicing the art of loving their spouse 40, 50, 60 years, and it's worked on their soul, worked on their heart. And they're still in the journey, too. So I think we all have more to learn. The second thing I want to say, we may have some things to unlearn, too. Our families are powerful schools in the art of loving. And sometimes, though they are trying to do their best, Sometimes they teach us the way of love in a distorted, broken way. And it's hard for us to unlearn some of that stuff. Sometimes our families may have intended to teach us a way of learning to 
to love that valued telling the truth, but instead they taught us to manipulate. Sometimes uh, our, way, our families meant to teach us a way of love that, uh, that what, by, by putting us first and showing us that they were putting, a, a, a parents showing their child that they were putting them before themselves and sacrificing for the sake of that child. But along the way, they actually taught that child that that child was the center of the universe and everybody needed to bow down to them for the rest of their lives. Sometimes our families are trying their best to provide, parents are trying their best to provide for their kids. And somewhere along the way, they, they just didn't make enough time to spend time with them. And so their mentality of what it means to love is just to be a provider and not to be a person engaged in, in the relationship. And I'm not saying any of these things to be critical of anybody because the truth is that in just like all of us still have more to learn, most of us also have some things that we need to unlearn as well. Because the school of love, the family, is a powerful force. And it's powerful both in its way of teaching us something good and useful, but it's also very powerful in putting us into routines and grooves and ruts, some of which are not healthy. One of the places that we need clarity in our lives is being able to really honestly reckon with the way of love that we've learned in our families and the way of love that we're currently teaching in our families. But I've got good news for you. For all of us that are sitting in a place where we've been through these schools of love and we're currently enrolled, whether we're uh, you know, still learning the basic elementary pieces or whether we're uh, taking those graduate level courses, no matter where you are in the school of love, there's some really good news. Whether you're frustrated because you feel like you can't love in the way that you really want to, or whether you feel like you're growing and it's a good and powerful thing for you right now, this is the best, this is the best news that I, I know. Jesus can teach us to love. I want you to hear that. Because no matter... If you're in a place where because of your family and all that, if you're frustrated because you, you know you have more to learn and you don't know where to go for that, that education, or if you're in a place where you are just feeling the pressure of all these things that you've got to unlearn and you don't know what to do with that, I want to give you the good news. This is gospel news. Jesus came to teach us how to love. And even though we have all these experiences, and many of them are broken, we're not left, we're not fated just to have that experience of love. That's not all there is. It's not. And Jesus is willing and careful to teach us the way of love. And he was willing to do it at great cost to himself. Jesus' way of teaching us to love isn't just that once upon a time, way back when, he was willing to do one big sacrificial act. It is that. It is Jesus' example of being willing to sacrifice himself. But it's also Jesus' promise of constant presence with us and the gift of the Holy Spirit, which is meant to be a, a, a tutor with us 
in our way of learning the school in the school of love. So whether you as an individual are trying to think about these things in the relationship to the kinds of family experiences you've had, or whether you're a person that in your family right now, you're trying to uh, push through and get it, you want your kids to learn love, you want to learn love yourself, you want to learn what it means to be more, a, a more loving person to both God and your neighbor and to your family, the good news of Jesus is you don't have to do that on your own. You don't have to just figure it out. And Jesus wants to walk with you. And teach you what it means to practice his love. To give you his spirit and his help and his power to help you love more fully. And to give you the gift of what it means to be in a community that will walk with you in that process. Jesus can teach us to love. I really believe that. I believe that paying attention to and listening to and drawing closer to Jesus. I believe that the way of discipleship, of following Jesus, teaches us to be more loving people. And I also believe that that's why an underrated part of the way of Jesus is that Jesus brings us in to this community of faith. Because there are certain things about the way of love, there are certain things about the way of Jesus that you just can't do in a box, right, by yourself as an individual. Jesus wants to teach you to love. And that's not just an individual discipline that's only about you kind of takes somebody else in your life as well. Be kind of like learning to be a really great hitter without anybody ever throwing a ball at you. Kind of hard to learn that art, wouldn't it? Now, some of our families are like a lot of people throwing a lot of balls at you really, really fast. I don't know if you can hit them all, okay? But in our families, we I, we have that opportunity to practice love more fully, and so it is in the community of Jesus too. This is a school for, of love for us, just like our other families are as well. And that's why the good news that Jesus can teach us comes with this other bit of good news, that Jesus welcomes us into his family, into his school of love, into his group of brothers and sisters, mothers and fathers. In this family... We have people who are to us like close brothers. We have some that are like cousins. We have a couple of weird uncles too. Okay? And in all of that, Jesus is using that family to teach us to be people of great love. Great love. And Jesus doesn't require you to be great at it before you show up. So I want to say something that I don't think gets said enough in our world. Of all the things that you might confess to in your life, you know, people come and they will confess 
uh, as they come into church, all kinds of things. I've got, I've got this struggle with addiction. I've got this struggle with some, uh, some bit of this, this other sin in my life. But you know what I think the hardest thing for almost any of us to admit is? It is so hard to come and admit and just say, I, I don't know how to love. I don't know how to love. Because all of us want to, right? All of us, every person in this world wants to be a person who knows how to love and loves well. And I'll tell you, I mean, I'd have a hard time saying, I don't know anything about love. But gratefully, I've been in places where um, I've been uh, given the chance to learn a lot about love in a lot of different ways. But when I come to the table of Jesus, and I think about the love that he has for us, and the love that he has for the world, and the love that the Father pours out on the world, there are times when I come to the table and I say, man, I don't know if I know anything about it at all. So I come back. And I come back. And I come back. And I can say all these things that we've said today. I could come back to the table and I can say to Jesus, Jesus, I know and I believe in my heart I still have more to learn. And I can come to the table and I can confess very freely and say, Oh Jesus, I have much I need to unlearn about the way of love. Much that I need to unlearn and learn in a different way, in a, in a new way. I can come to Jesus and I can say, Oh Jesus, I believe that more than anybody else in this world, you are the one that can teach me how to love. And I take my seat, being glad that Jesus welcomes me into the family. And I enroll again in his school. I'm going to take that course over and over and over again. And I believe that step by step, the Lord uses that. The Lord uses his family. The Lord uses my family. The Lord uses his spirit at work within me. The Lord uses his story. Slowly shape and change and refine my heart so that I can be a person full of love. When I think about what I want our family to be like now, I mean, most days I just want us to get through, okay? Most days I'm just trying to survive. I'm just trying to do the best I can. I'm just trying to remember whether I remember to buy the milk or not, okay? But when I really think about it, you know what I want more than anything else? I want my family to be a place of deep, full love. I desperately want that and I know you do too 
I know you want to be people who love well and people who have the experience of being loved well. Jesus has a seat for you in his class. Jesus has a seat for you in his table. And Jesus is the one that can teach you the way of love. And here's how you can know that about more than anything else. Because Jesus loves you. The way you are right now, in this moment, flaws and all, man, cracks, scars, the whole bit. Jesus deeply, fully, wholly loves you. And he wants to teach you how to love the world too. Let's stand and sing together.